You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. Hi, I'm David Petz and this is the third talk I'm giving in a series on God's people in isolation. Today we're going to be looking at John the Baptist and going to be reading from Matthew 11, just a few verses, verses 2 to 6 and then verse 11. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we look for someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. And then verse 11. I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Jesus said he was the greatest man who had ever lived filled with the Spirit from his mother's womb. He'd been chosen by God to prepare the way of the Lord. He preached that people should repent, and they did. All Jerusalem and all Judea went out to be baptised by John in the Jordan. No wonder, Jesus said, he was the greatest. And yet, isolated in Herod's dungeon, the greatest of the prophets was overwhelmed with doubt. He says, are you the one? Are you really the Messiah? Or should we be looking for someone else? If this great man of God could be overwhelmed with doubt, we mustn't be surprised or feel too guilty if we experience doubt in our situation of isolation. So let's take a quick look at the nature of his doubt, the causes of his doubt, and the remedy for doubt, and see what we can learn from all that. First of all, the nature of his doubt. First thing I notice is that John was doubting his own testimony. John himself had said, one mightier than I is coming. The the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He'd said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He had testified that Jesus was the one who was to come, that Jesus was the Messiah. He's now doubting his own testimony. And then he's doubting the testimony of scripture because he was well aware of the scripture in Isaiah 61, which Jesus quoted in Luke 4.18 in the synagogue. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me and so on. This day, said Jesus, this scripture has been fulfilled in your ears The testimony of scripture pointed to the fact that Jesus was indeed the one who was to come. He was the Messiah. And then 
John was also doubting the testimony of God himself. When, under protest, he had baptised Jesus in the River Jordan, a voice was heard from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Wow! So, I think we've got to say, this doubt was pretty serious. We have our doubts, I guess. We certainly wonder why things are happening to us or, Lord, what's all that about? Whether it's the present situation or things we've experienced in our lives in the past. We have questions anyway, and in a sense they lead to some kind of doubt. John's doubt was every bit as serious as yours may have been. In fact, probably a lot more serious. We sometimes doubt our own testimony, testify to something and then wonder, what well, was it really true? We can doubt the testimony of scripture. And even when we know that God has said something to us, we can question, well, did God really say that? Let's have a look at the cause of his doubt. First of all, circumstances. Circumstances can affect our attitudes. We shouldn't let them, but sadly, we are very often do. John was in prison. He was in isolation. Uh, this was no comfortable 21st century prison. This was Herod's dungeon. The circumstances were against him. Add to that lack of fellowship. Now he was able to send a message, so presumably some people were able to go and see him. So he wasn't in total lockdown in that sense. On the other hand, he couldn't go out at all, as most of us can in our present situation, but uh, he's lacking fellowship. And my experience is that when people deliberately cut themselves off from fellowship, uh, then that's one of the great causes of doubt. People soon slide into doubt if they don't have regular fellowship with God's people. Now, of course, John didn't deliberately cut himself off from fellowship, and uh, it certainly wasn't his fault. Neither have we cut ourselves off from fellowship, but we can't meet together in the way that we used to. Uh, but thank God for Zoom and other platforms like that which enable us to see one another's faces, hear one another's voices, have fellowship together, listen to the word of God, pray together. That's great. We need to do that as much as we can in the present situation of the coronavirus. Fellowship is all important. But lack of fellowship was undoubtedly one of the causes of John's doubt. And then perhaps the greatest reason, I would suggest. The apparent non-fulfilment of a promise of Scripture. You see, John knew that when the Messiah came, he would, in the words of the Old Testament, set the prisoner free. Hmm. And John's in prison. And he's not been set free. 
and Jesus is the Messiah. Or is he? Because I'm not set free. I'm still in prison. God's promises are not being fulfilled. Have I misunderstood them? Is Jesus really the person I have said he is? Wow, what a serious doubt. That's what John is facing in this situation. But thank God there is always a remedy for doubt. And the main part of this little talk is going to be five remedies for doubt. So what's the first one? And you may be able to pass these on, even if you're not doubting yourself at the moment. I'm pretty sure there are plenty of people who are wondering what it's all about, if there's a God, why all this, and so on. Well, here are some of the answers. Firstly, talk to Jesus about it. John couldn't talk directly to Jesus, thank God we can, but he sent a message to Jesus. I find when I'm facing things that I can't understand, can't explain, don't know the answer to, cause all kinds of questions in my mind, oh yes, I still have them, <laughs> and I guess we all do, we're thinking people, and our minds naturally ask questions about all kinds of things. But talk to Jesus about it. That's the best thing to do. And if you can, as it were, get a message to Jesus, which John did, and we most certainly can if we choose to, because thank God we can enter the holiest of all through the blood of Jesus, because the veil has been torn in true from the top to the bottom. Hallelujah. We can come with boldness, even without doubts, we can come to him. Talk to Jesus about it. The second remedy for doubt is hearing from God afresh. See, Jesus had an answer for John. He says, go and tell John, and reminds John that actually the blind are receiving sight, the lame are walking, those who have leprosy are being cleansed. The deaf are hearing. The dead are being raised. <laughs> wow. There's, no, there's really no, no need to doubt. So John's hearing afresh from the Lord. And there are times in our experience when we need to hear afresh from the Lord. Of course we need to hear from him every day as we read scripture, as we spend time with him in prayer and so on. There's a sense in which he's always talking to us. But there are times when things we've believed for and have started to happen and then they've perhaps gone on hold for a while and we can't see, well, why the delay? Why hasn't God finally brought about the answer to this prayer? Well, maybe you just need to hear from God afresh. Lord, have you got something to say? Lord, speak to me. And I confess to you, I'm quite reluctant to uh, ask God, oh, please speak to me, because actually, very often, I'm not quite sure whether it is God or just me. You have that problem? <laughs> I think we all do. But there are times when we know that we know that we know that God has spoken to us. 
And sometimes we just need to say to God, I want some very specific assurance, please. Speak to me again. Give me an answer in this situation. And maybe he will. And if he chooses not to, don't worry. Just keep trusting. Because that's what you have to do. He's got a purpose in not even answering at this particular moment. But here, Jesus answers John. John hears from God afresh. Third remedy for doubt, recognize the need for fellowship. We've touched on this already, but notice in verse four, Jesus says, go and show John, go and tell John what's happening. I'm emphasizing the word go. You see, he needed some company. He needed some people to be with him. I don't know how long Herod would have allowed people to visit John or what level of contact they would have with him while he was in the dungeon, but there must have been some level because Jesus says, go and see him, go and talk to him. It wasn't just what was going to be said, but the very fact that someone had gone to him. People need fellowship. We all need fellowship. Great men of God like John the Baptist need fellowship. And he was a man who was used to isolation, voluntary isolation in the desert for quite a while. But he, like all of us, needed fellowship. We need to create every opportunity we can for God's people to have fellowship at whatever level we possibly can. Number four, emphasize the promises that have been fulfilled because that's what Jesus is doing. Okay, in effect, Jesus is saying, maybe the promise that the prisoner will be set free hasn't been fulfilled for you yet, John, in this situation, but there are a whole lot of promises that are being fulfilled. The deaf are hearing, the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, the dead are being raised, the poor are having the gospel preached to them and so on. Emphasize the promises that have been fulfilled. Remind yourself of the great things that God has already done in your life. I go back and look over my little book, Science from Heaven, where I've recorded some of the outstanding miracles that have taken place in our lives over the last 60 years. Remind myself, wow, God, you did that for us. Okay, there are some things I'm not getting answers for at the moment, but Lord, you did that then, and you did that then, and whatever it might be, I'm not going into details now, just the general idea, remind yourself, God has done great things for you in the past. Count your blessings. Thank God for them. Remind yourself and thank God, naming them one by one, the outstanding things that God has done for you. It's a great remedy for doubt, believe me. Now, in that connection, we do need patience and we do need a right understanding of scripture. I'm going back to the situation with John now. John's still in prison. 
So Jesus is reminding him of the promises that are being fulfilled. But John's still in prison. He's going to need patience before he gets out. Of course, the way he gets out is not the way he was expecting, as we will mention in just a moment. But uh, a right understanding of scripture is important. You see, there are some verses of scripture which can have a literal physical fulfillment. And some are intended to have a spiritual fulfillment. So, for example, the greatest setting of the prisoner free is not the deliverance of Peter from the prison or Paul and Silas from the prison. The greatest setting of the prisoner free is every soul that has ever been set free from the bondage of sin. One's reminded of Wesley's great hymn, And Can It Be? And of course, my chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth and followed thee. And that verse about the dungeon flaming with light and so on. Wesley understood it. There is a spiritual emancipation because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. We, we need to understand that sometimes. Important that we discern whether God is applying something quite literally to us because he can set physically bound prisoners free, as we know. But he doesn't always. James was beheaded. Peter was set free from prison. God's purpose in each situation is different. We don't always know what it is, but it's there and we have to trust him. And then finally, submitting to the will of God. We mustn't be offended by God's will for our lives. What does Jesus say to John in verse six? Blessed is the man, the person, who does not fall away on account of me, who is not offended in me, I think the old Bible says. Ah. Don't give up. Don't stop trusting Jesus just because everything seems against you. And I want to suggest it was when John heard that, when he actually did that, when he submitted to God's will for his life, the deliverance came. <laughs> Not in the way he expected. He was set free from the prison by execution. Oh, wow. They chopped his head off. Hey, is that really an answer to his prayers? Is that really deliverance? Of course it is. Look, this is the acid test of whether we really believe what we say we believe. That those who have trusted Jesus have everlasting life. Death is not the end. Death for the Christian is freedom. Death for the Christian is healing. Death for the Christian is liberation. We are being set free from the shackles of this old, aging, weakening body. I speak from a bit of experience there. But we're set free from it. 
when the Lord calls us to be with him. Some promises, especially with regard to our body, won't reach final fulfilment until the redemption of the body when Jesus comes again and the final resurrection, the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible and if we're still alive and remain, we also shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. This corruptible will put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality because God has said that it must. Hallelujah. So, is it a cop-out? Is it, is God cheat, cheating us in some way if we say, well, death is the answer? By no means. We've grounds for believing these things. We've no grounds for resentment. I finish with Hebrews 11.35. After that great list of people who were delivered, escaped the edge of the sword and so on, set free from lions and all kinds of things, the heroes of the faith, it says, others were tortured others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection I leave it to you to think about what that means a better resurrection wow all I will say is this Whatever we're going through now must be understood in the light of eternity. God knows what he's doing. The judge of all the earth will do right. And those who've trusted him will live forever in the glories of heaven. And all our present woes are nothing in comparison with that. God bless you. For listening. For more information, visit Brixham.church.